everyone, welcome back to Monday Morning Faith with Emily. And today I'm going to be talking to you guys about the parable of the wandering sheep. But to make it a little more relevant uh, to today's day and age and hopefully give you guys a, more of a visual of a real life application, I'm going to uh, kind of turn the story into a bit of an example using the World Cup and soccer. Um, so I'm not sure if you um, ever grew up playing sports, obviously, or you know, how familiar you are aren't with soccer, but even if you don't know about soccer, I think that this might be something that you can easily follow and hopefully um, bring this story to life for you and uh, really see, um, you know, just how much God cares for each and every one of us individually. So that's kind of going to be the take-home message today, that God cares about you specifically, even though you're one of seven-something billion people, you know, God cares for you individually. Um... So why don't we dive right into it? Um, The parable of the wandering sheep is uh, pretty famous. And um, the song Reckless Love by Corey Asbury is so good and uh, actually is based on this parable. Um, It's actually one of my favorite songs. So if you guys ever check it out, um, I think you'll really love it. Because it talks about him leaving the 99 and it's just a really good song um, that's based in good scripture. Um, obviously all scripture is good. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to give you guys my version of the soccer team first, and then I'm going to read out of Matthew 18, um, the actual parable from the Bible afterwards with the NIV translation. So if you want to follow along, uh, you can turn to Matthew 18 in your physical Bibles or online, or you can simply just listen up to you. Okay, so... Picture this. Um, it's the World Cup, and you know, there's many teams and many super famous people that are out there. Um, you have people on the pitch like Messi. Uh, you have really famous people, and they're known for their skills, their accolades, their commercials, their you know millions and millions of dollars, their private jets, their fancy cars, like all the things of today that we covet, there, um, there's so many of them, there's strength in numbers, and there's just so many great people on the field, and let's be honest, um, it's hard to compare with people like that, it's actually quite difficult to com- try not to compare yourself when you're constantly surrounded by messages and other people, um, that have things you're coveting or that you're insecure about, and, so picture your um, USA World Cup player, Jesus Fiera, who was actually rated one of the worst World Cup players, especially for the USA team, uh, due to his performance. So imagine you're Jesus Fiera, and there's so many better soccer players on the, fit, on the pitch. I know Messi doesn't play for the USA team, but for this example, let's just pretend he does. Um and picture other famous players on his team and on the pitch that day as well. Picture Ronaldo and all the famous great soccer players of the world. And But you're just Jesus Fiera. You've messed up. Everyone knows it. The other teammates know it. Your coach knows it. All the fans watching you know it. And you feel utterly embarrassed to even be there and because of this reputation, you decided it would be better if you just stay behind. So 
you walk on the pitch, you feel this intimidation, and you look at all these other great people, and you don't feel adequate enough. You feel like the things you've done and the mistakes you've made are holding you back, and you could never compare and overcome the things you've done. So you turn back, and you go back to the locker room, and uh, you hide in there and start packing your stuff up because you don't feel worthy. Well, picture Jesus in this example as the soccer team's coach. And Jesus will not start the game until he has every one of his players on the field. He doesn't care about the accolades of players like Messi and Ronaldo. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what you've done, what you've said. To him, it's your heart that he wants. And he wants all of us. He doesn't just want Messi and Ronaldo. He doesn't just want the midfielders and the goalie and the strikers. He wants everyone. He wants the defenders. He wants every last player to be right there with him under his safeguard and under his love and grace. And he cares enough to fight for you. So let's say it's time to start the match. And, you know, the ref goes to blow the whistle. And Jesus, the coach, comes running on the field saying, no, 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 no. We can't start the game. You don't understand. I need to go back. I'm missing a player. Everyone starts laughing. They're like, for Jesus? You're going to go back for Fiera? You're going to go back for that guy? Are you kidding? Have you seen his stats? Have you seen the things he's done? That guy sucks. Why would you go back for him? Well, to Jesus, it doesn't matter what you've done. All he cares about is being there for you and bringing you back into his loving grace and mercy and there's no sin he will not forgive you from there's no dark hole he can't shine a light into and he cares so much for you that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should have eternal life and shall not perish that's john three sixteen that i'm quoting there and so he doesn't start the match he will not go on without you so what does he do? He runs into the locker room and he searches for you. He goes back for you. He leaves all the other players, all these other great, famous, amazing, talented people to go back for the one, the one who left. And he's there for you. And if you're willing to talk to him, he'll comfort you, console you. He'll show you the way. He'll be a, a light a lamp to your path to guide your feet and he'll never forsake you and even though we turn our backs and walk out of the game and feel like we're unworthy God's right there with us to show us just how worthy we truly are and to be there for us and to guide us at all times just as a coach would care for his teammates and his players God will care for you too. He's the ultimate coach because not many coaches in this world would be willing to not start a game for just one player, especially the worst statistical player. But God is the ultimate coach and he is absolutely willing to wait for you. He is there to be persistent on your life because he cares so much for it that he gave his only son so that you could live in his grace and in his mercy and in eternal life. And so that's just how much you mean to God, that he's willing to go back for you. You are loved by him for who you are. It doesn't matter about the people around you. 
Stop comparing yourself because God is not comparing you. God cares about you and he evaluates you based on you. He's not looking to your sister and your mom and your righteous cousins and, you know, the righteous girl at church. He's, that's not who he's comparing you to because he's not comparing you to anyone. So why are you? And he loves you so abundantly. So that is my version of the parable of the wandering sheep. Now I'm going to read you the actual parable so you can see what the word truly says. Um, so starting in Matthew 18, verse 10, parable of the wandering sheep. And I quote, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you, their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills to go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. And isn't that just so beautiful? That God would leave his hundred sheep, he would leave all the other people and go search for you. And the 99, like, that's a lot of, you know, things to leave behind and forsake. But those 99 weren't wandering, just like in the soccer example. It wasn't Messi or Ronaldo that needed the pep talk to start the game. They weren't wandering away. They weren't in need of that intimate, uh, caring, loving support to bring themselves back. They were already on the right track. They were doing okay in that moment. But God went searching for the one, the one who did wander. And God is happier about that one sheep, that one person, that one soccer player, about finding him and bringing him back home. He cares more about that than the other 99 who didn't wander off at all. And I would like you to take comfort in knowing that. That God doesn't want any of his sheep to perish. Not the 99 and not the one either. And even those 99 sheep, I would imagine so that at times, players, to go back to the soccer metaphor, players like Ronaldo and Messi too would have their moment of shame in the locker room. And Jesus is there for them too. So all you people who feel like you're walking so closely with God and sometimes it feels like a mask and it's such an effort to put all of it on and to keep acting a certain way and, you know, keep up appearances. If you wandered off too, God would care for you just as much. God cares for all of you. And it's okay to not be okay. And even though you might feel like you need to be perfect and righteous... Let down your guard in front of God, and he will still be there for you. He's there for the 99, and he's there for the 1. So it doesn't matter who you feel like you are in the example, whether you're Fiera or you feel like you're messy or anything in between, God cares about you, and he doesn't want you to perish. He wants you to have eternal life, and he loves you, and he's willing to go after you. Uh, to quote the psalm by Corey, um, Reckless Love, it says, he chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. And it's so true. Um, God will chase you down. And it's because of how much he loves you. 
And so I know it's easy when we go to work and to school and even in our own households to feel like we're not seen, to feel like we're just part of the hundred sheep. But God doesn't see you as part of a hundred. He sees you as the one. He sees you as his one, his child. And he's not willing to forsake you. So don't forsake him because he loves you so much. So that concludes our uh, message for today. And I hope you guys will tune in on next episode. Have a very great week.